praise God, amen. Well, good morning, everybody. So glad to have everybody here with us in line and on person. So turn and look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. Uh, turn and look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're not somewhere else. Now turn and look at your neighbor and say, and I am glad that God loves me more than I know, more than I understand, more than I'll comprehend, and probably more than you. Can I have an amen? Okay. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this day, that this is the day you have made. We thank you, Father, that we can come together as a family, come together as people, worship you, give you um, uh, our attention, start our week off right, and start our year off right this year for 2024, a year of your open hand and a year of your intentional purposes in our life. And so, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. amen. God bless you. Welcome to service today. We're so excited to have you here with us, and we're going to praise him this morning. So could you stand with me and let's sing this. He's a good God, amen. Raising the weapon that silences the enemy. Praise be the weapon that... Welcome to service today. We're so excited to have you here with us, and we're going to praise him this morning. So could you stand with me and let's sing this. He's a good God, amen. Raising the weapon that silences the enemy. Praise be the weapon that conquers all anxiety. And it changes everything Sing with all we are And we claim your victory Let it rise Let praise arise Let's sing this, we'll sing We'll sing you break down every wall We'll watch the giant fall You cannot survive when we pray the God of breakthroughs on our side, forever lift Him high. With our creation cry, God, we praise You. Oh, let's sing that we praise, we praise You. Oh, we thank You, God. Let faith be, faith be the song that overcomes the raging sea. Let faith be the song that. Our creation cry, God, we pray. 
This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise you This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise you This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you, let's sing this one more time This is what, this is what freedom feels like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise We'll see you break down every wall We'll watch the giant fall You cannot survive when we praise you the God of breakthroughs on our side Forever lift Him high With all creation cry God we praise You This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise You, we praise You This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like this is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise We thank you God We praise your name Lord In Jesus name We believe he can do abundantly Above all that we expect In Jesus name they say this mountain can't be moved They say these chains will never break But they don't know you like we do There is power in your name We've heard that there is no way I will never change That they don't know you like we do There is power in your name So much power in your name Oh uh -huh. 
name. We believe that anything in our lives causing a distraction, causing hurt, causing pain, we believe for a breakthrough and we believe for a miracle. And we believe He is good and faithful and will always come through in Jesus' name. Before we sing this next song together and praise Him even more, I want to invite you down to the front. If there's anything in your life that you're believing for a breakthrough in, we would love to stand on that with you as our staff and our prayer team comes to the front to pray and believe with you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the hearts of every person in this room. I thank you for their stories, for their mornings, what brought them here. And I thank you for the things that you have planned for them beyond this day, beyond this service. I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness and your promises are yes and amen. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. And without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Let's sing this, Lord, I need Lord, I need you, oh, I need you, every hour I need you, I want defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you, I love you, Lord. For your mercy never fails me And all my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God I love you, Lord for your mercy never fails me And all my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will speak with the goodness of God And all my faithful and all my life you have been so So, so 
do something if you will uh stretch forth your hands again these are cards we had from weeks back which are people that we're praying for to believe be saved somebody came up for this today father in jesus name uh, we uh, we will uh, continue to lift these up and thank you father that your power is at work in their life that in jesus name the attack of enemy the the work of the enemy is brought to naught in their life that the the, the blinder satan has put on their eyes ceases to exist we thank you, Father, that their eyes see. 
their eyes see clearly that Jesus is Lord, that you love them, that you've got plans for them, that you are not a hater, that you're not a condemner, you're, you're, you're not that, that in this day, in this dispensation, in this moment, you're a God of grace and peace and redemption. And change, but redemption in Jesus' name. And that, Father, that all the memories, all the attacks, all the things Satan has brought up about why this and why that and, and, and the church and this, that, Father, right now, all that washes away. We ask you, Father, that their heart to just look at Jesus and his love for them, his great love, Scripture says, to them in Jesus' name. Father, for them right now, we surround them with faith. We surround them with hope. We surround them with love. And we thank you, Father, that in Jesus' name, according to Acts 16, 31, that if we would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that thou and thy household shall be saved. Father, we believe for our house to be saved. Holy, W-H-O-L-E-Y. Holy, whole family salvation in Jesus' name. And we will stand on it and we will speak on it in Jesus' name. So, Father, from this moment forward, going forth, I feel very strong to direct everybody. When you think about these people in your life, don't be negative about them. Thank God. The moment you think about them, thank God. So let's say this with me. Say, say thank God you're at work in my family. Thank God right now they're surrounded with faith, surrounded with your love, surrounded by divine hope that draws them where they are to where you want them to be. And your word does not return void. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. amen. Give me a good amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Well, do me a favor and uh, give me a little bit better hug and greeting music. I, I feel like I'm either on the Star Trek Enterprise or Amen right there. And I like it. I like it. I'm not, you know, I like that, but it's just got me in this. But, but, that, but you know, that's not the, the hug and greeting music. So everybody stand up with me, if you will. Give me some hug and greeting music. Step out of your chair. Greet somebody around you. Welcome them. Uh, don't go too far or get lost.
Amen. Well, if you can't find you a seat, Amen. Is everybody warm? Yes. Yeah. So is it too warm now? See, 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 right there. See, I swear, I swear. Okay. I'm always helping you. Okay. If you're not, if you, okay. Uh, I'll preach extra loud so that you won't fall asleep. See, that's the thing I don't like about a warm congregation. A warm congregation is a snoozing congregation. Can I have an amen? But when it's cold, you stay awake because you're shivering. And the lost people, the shivering, the people who are not spiritual, they may think it's the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? <laughs> they just don't know. It's just so glad to have everybody here this morning. If you are a first, second, or third time guest, if you will do something for me, um, there are connection cards in front of you on the seat. There's also a QR code that'll come up if you want to do it that way. We would love to connect with you. Uh, love to give you a, a present after church and meet you and just uh, believe for God's uh, favor in your life. So if you will, take a moment at this moment right now and uh, get a connection card and uh, just fill that out. If you have any prayer requests too, uh, if you're just whatever, if you need to write those in, put those in, please do that. And um, I'd love to pray for those. Um, I mean, did you put the QR code up? I haven't seen it. That's close. Amen. But anyway, there's a QR code. It'll come up in a moment. Uh, First uh, Kings chapter 17 as we get ready to give. Who in here knows this is a new year? So it's a new time to uh, make commitments and, uh, you know, whatever. And everybody's always critical on that. Man, I, you always hear them people. I don't even know why anybody joins the gym. They're going to quit. Well, at least they tried. Amen. That's at least better than just being fat and arrogant and lazy and never even trying. Can I have an amen? I didn't get near as many amens. That means evidently I might be talking to fat, lazy people. I don't know about that. Praise God. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Uh, nobody in here is fat. Look at somebody and say, I'm not fat nor lazy. Amen. Okay. First Kings chapter 17, we want to use a verse as we get ready to give uh, for our tithes and offerings. It's a new year. Uh, I've often, sometimes at the new year, encouraged people, if you've never tithed before in your life, you ought to. You ought to start. Uh, I've even encouraged people, if you will, take a 90-day challenge. If you tithe for 90 days consistently, and um, you're not better off in 90 days, if you want a refund, I'll refund your money. We'll figure it out, and we'll refund it. I've never had to do that. I've never had anybody ask for that, but I would, uh, you know. I believe in it. I've said this right here lately. Two conversations, me and Lisa, I don't believe we've ever had in 35 years of marriage. 36 this year, March 12th. Amen. She looked at me, somebody said, y'all been married 35 years? And she goes, 35 long years. I'm like, hey, baby. And, um, but I don't think we've ever had the conversation of are we going to church as a family? Or are we going to tithe? That's just not two conversations we're going to have. Uh, tithing's always been a part of my life before I got married. Tithing was part of her life before she got married. In fact, she's actually got a, got a family member who didn't even go to church for a while. Tithed. I mean, they were in between churches. I mean, I'm talking for a good little time. Tithed. Wasn't about. And then for a little season decided, since we're not going to church, we're not going to tithe. And they said they had more hell break out in their life than they ever had. They said, said we're going to tithe from now on. But this is a verse in 1 Samuel chapter 17. In 11, it says, and as she was going in to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Now, this is when Elijah went to this widow 
And so she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And who in here knows she was a really excited person to be around? Can I have an amen? She wasn't even gonna get a lot of sticks. She's just gonna get a few sticks. We're not even gonna have a good meal. It's just gonna be the last thing and we're gonna die. Elijah said to her, do not fear and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterwards make some for yourself and your son. I just want to point this out. You know, anytime you give something, it costs something. But I heard the greatest story the other day and I thought it was so funny. There's a story of Frank Sinatra. And so this is a very carnal story in a sense, but a great spiritual lesson. He was leaving and there was a guy who worked for him for 19 years and he's leaving and there's a woman who is just yelling at him and he's getting in his car, he's just performed, I mean, he's tired, he's done his show and finally he gets out of the car to get her to hush and he says, ma'am, what is it? And she says, I have been standing here for five years because my husband is sick and I just, and he loves you and I want your autograph to maybe that will give him you know, some hope. Frank Sinatra did that, he said, no problem. Then he took his cufflinks off and he gave them to her and he says, you give that to him and let them, you know, that these were mine. He said, so maybe that'll help him too. He gets in the car and the friend looked at him. He said, what are you doing? He said, what do you mean? He says, those were your favorite cufflinks, were they not? He said, yes. He said, those were $5,000 cufflinks, were they not? He goes, yes. He goes, why did you give them to her? He says, because on this earth, all we do is rent. This is powerful. He goes, what do you mean rent? He says, when I die, the house I'm in will be somebody else's. The cufflinks I have will be somebody else's said the only things in this earth that are carnal, and that's my term, but you know, natural things that are worth having are the only things that are worth giving. He says, because nothing on this earth, me and you included, lasts forever. And it's funny that Frank Sinatra had a good idea of stewardship in that conversation. And that woman there could have sat and said, I'm not going to give anything. And that's what we do many times. But yet God has faithfulness on his side. And he knows that if you will, we're renting. He's got it all under control. Can I have an amen? amen? And if he owns the cattle of a thousand hills, he has the taters underneath the hills. Can I have an amen? amen. And if he can bless you with one, he can get you the other. Amen. So God's always faithful no matter what you're going through. And so as we get ready to give, I want you to hold your giving in your hand. And um, let's just believe God for a great year. Started off right. Believe God for just a, a great year of increase. My prayer this year for us as a church is two things. Is um, number one, that there, there's an open door of God's direction and provision. And that, there, that we live very intentional this year uh, as a church and as, as people. Um, and not haphazardly. Uh, a number of years ago, I, my word for the whole year was intentional. And it's, and it's kind of semi on that a little bit this year too. But I'm believing for God's open hand towards our life as a church and individually, and that at the same time that we have some intentionality, not just being buffeted whichever way the world goes. Because um, who in here knows that it's just not a way to live. The world will go sideways in a moment. We need to have consistency in our life. So just hold your offering in your hand. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much right now for the opportunity to give, for the ability to give. And Father, thank you for the revelation that we're just written in a moment in this time. We're stewards. And Father, we'll not be the stewards who believe it's ours, but we'll be like the woman who even takes that which is most precious and she honors you with it. 
So Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that you called us to bring all of the tithe into the storehouse and that you said that if we would, that you would, there would uh, be more than enough room. You would open up the windows of heaven. You'd pour out a blessing that there's not even room to contain. And so Father, we thank you right now for your blessing, spirit, soul, body, financially, socially in our life. And Father, we thank you that you meet the needs of our church and that in 2024, it is a year of dramatic, intentional growth in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. amen. God bless you as you give. If you have um, an envelope to give, you can bring that up now. And um, if you uh, gave online, sit there quietly. Can I have an amen? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Amen. In a minute, I need me a couple of ushers to... Uh, <coughs> that water had bones in it. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Glory to God. Hang on, let me put that there. I got one already. Let me keep this. No. I just need that lid off. Hallelujah. All right, look at somebody and say, I believe. This is going to be a great year. I remember the last time I was really excited about a year. Y'all know what year that was? 2020. Can I have an Amen. I was, I was so excited about 2020, all excited about 2020. 2020 was just kind of a rough year. Can I have an amen? Okay, that was kind of a, and um, I did that way about this year. I'm gonna throw something out. I really do believe 2024 is gonna be a rough year in some ways. I think it could be just much, in some ways worse than 2020 to the world, but not to us. Amen? Uh, and we don't have to participate. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 12. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your spirit which is here, which leads us, guides us, directs us, and gives us wisdom and knowledge. Thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit is our teacher. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you um, illuminate our minds, illuminate our hearts, so that we may see, that we may know, and we may understand the gospel. In Jesus' name, and the revelation of who Jesus is in our life in 2024. In Jesus' name, and everybody says? Amen. Amen. Favorite Bibles, the book of Philippians, chapter three. Again, we used this verse last week, and we talked about learning to forget and looking and letting the past go. Uh, and I have had that in my heart for a number of weeks. I've had this in my heart a number of weeks. Philippians chapter three, verse 12 says, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Again, Paul here is in the latter part of his life. Some say 60, some say 65, and that's just really not old. Can we all say amen? Now to anybody in their 20s, that seems old. But I heard a guy say, and this is true, the days are long, but the years are short. And uh, it does go by quick. So this man here, Paul, is in his latter years, but he says, brethren, verse 13, I do not count myself to have apprehended. In other words, I, I have gained, I'm finished. But one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So again, two things to note Paul said is he forgets the things which are behind and he lays hold to the things which are ahead. Um, now, one of the reasons why, we looked at it last week, if you weren't here, I'd encourage you to listen to it. One of the reasons why life's hard for some people is they do not forget the past. Either one of two things. They don't forget the past of what they, well, I'll say one of three, of what they've done 
and forgive themselves. They do not forget the past of what someone else has done to them and given forgiveness to them. Or they just do not forget the past of everything. If that makes sense. You've got to let go of the past. One preacher said, this is in the 90s, I've never forgotten it, you need to let the past past at last. And there's some things you may have to tell a story about to let somebody know what happened, but you don't need to live in it again. I had somebody look at me, I think exactly who it was. It was my dad one time. And he made a comment about going through the divorce of my mom. He goes, but it don't bother me. It don't bother me. But he had to, I said, yeah, it does. Now see, again, now here's the hard part about being a pastor. You gotta pastor your parents when they're part of your church, just like I do anybody else. So sometimes this ain't fun. Can I have an amen? He goes, oh, no, no, it don't bother me. I said, it does. It does bother you. I said, because every time this comes up, you tell that whole story all over again. I said, you don't just kind of hit it and miss it and keep going. I said, you bring it up and we talk about it and we talk about it. I said, daddy, I love you. I said, but I'm done with this conversation. Well, I, I didn't mean nothing about it. I said, daddy, I don't mean nothing about it either. I said, but that doesn't serve me, you, mama, anybody to sit and live back in then. I said, you need to move on. Now, I love my dad. Can I have an amen? Greatest man I've ever met. Greatest man I'll ever know, in my opinion, on this earth. I mean, he was a great man. But who in here knows? <laughs> okay, how good you are. You still need to let go of the past. Even when you've been done wrong, even when you were the one who'd done the wrong. My opinion, especially when you were the one who'd done the wrong, because it's hard to forgive yourself. So Paul said, forget the past. But then he said, lay hold of the future. Everybody say future. Now, I got um, a couple of verses I want to use. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. And these should come up on the screen, yes. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Now, the King James says, where there is no vision. Everybody say vision. So you got to have some vision. In other words, you got to have some idea of where you want to go. And I don't want to say just where you want to go. You should have some idea of where you believe God wants you to go. Amen. Wow, that was a lot of enthusiasm. Can I have an amen? amen. One amen. I didn't get a holy grunt or a, or, a, or a kachoo or anything. Amen. God wants you to have a vision. God wants you to, again, there's certain things I, I've, I've said all my life. Parenting was never hard. I understood parenting, especially when they were young, especially that. So there's certain things like that, never made it. But there's some things I can't see. Now, we joke about this all the time. There's some things you just can't see unless you're looking for it. Now, I have never been one. Now, I don't throw, I don't throw laundry all over the place. True? I'm pretty, but I, I used to not always be that way. But there's sometimes I just don't see stuff. Would you agree? Now, in the innocence of my heart it's because I'm praying and studying can I have an amen <laughs> I just don't see it and because I don't see it I don't see to do it it ain't like I'm just trying to not see it because if I see it I'll try to do it and in fact I, I can feel guilt I was leaving the church I don't even know when this was just this week and I'm driving through and somebody had thrown a piece of Dunkin Donut cup and it had blown well I was in a hurry I didn't want to stop and pick up the cup but I knew if I didn't, nobody else will. I don't mean, I don't mean it's wrong to anybody, but it's not like there's a mad rush to pick up trash sometimes. I've actually picked up cigarette butts outside that I know has sat there a week or two because nobody else picked it up. So if I see it, I'm gonna pick it up. I do that. But right here, this is right here. I'm, there, there needs to be a, a level of hell 
devoted in punishment eternally to people who do not put up their buggies at the grocery store. Can I have an amen? Deep, 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 deep punishment in hell. I mean, that can just drive me nuts. I have actually went and walked out other people's buggies. I don't do it all the time, because if not, I would, I would have a temporary job at Sam's just putting up buggies. So I might take one or two back, and you know, whatever. Uh, I don't mind doing it, but there's something because I see it. But if I don't see it, I can't do it. But since I don't see it, I ain't never gonna see it. And it ain't got anything to do sometimes with heart or intent. I can't see it. And that's exactly what that's saying there. Where there is no vision, there's no restraint. Because some people don't see things. Like I told you years ago, I mean, a couple weeks back, I had a guy one time years ago in ministry tell me about how he was dating his girlfriend. And in the conversation of dating his girlfriend, he just sets out and he's got kids. And he'd already set out how he wants to be a godly dad, how he wants to raise his kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, all the spiritual things he said. But then he blurts out, he says, man, the sex between me and her is great. Okay. Now I'm gonna say this as a pastor. I appreciated his honesty. Much more than the hypocrisy. One day I walked into Kroger. Don't let me forget the story about the guy. One day I walked into Kroger and as I'm walking through, I saw this kid, I hadn't been in church in two years, carrying a, a 24 pack of beer. And the moment he saw me, now who in here knows a 24 pack of beer? That's a good size case. That ain't like a little six pack or a, or a, or a 40. Can I have an amen? If you doesn't mean know what a 40 is. That ain't a 40 that you can, you know. He goes, hey, Pastor Chris. And he sits it here like he goes, hey, this is my girl. Let me introduce you to my pastor. I wanted to go, well, where's he at? <laughs> Not because of the beer, but because he ain't been to church in two years. You know, I ain't. But it just cracked me up. I enjoyed standing there watching him squirm. Can I have an amen? With that gigantic case of beer trying to put a, like his legs are wide enough. Do you know how fat he would have been? He would have been the size of a barn to hide a 24 pack of beer behind his legs. There ain't nobody that big on God's earth that you could hide a 24 pack of beer behind your left leg. But he was squirming. Now who in here knows he just needed help and grace. And I've said before, I don't think you're gonna go to hell for drinking a beer. The only reason you're gonna go to ever go to hell is because you don't love Jesus. And you've not made him the Lord of your life. But on the other side, doesn't mean you should be drinking beer and living in sin. Can I have an amen? Not saying that the beer is sin. And everybody say amen. You shouldn't be a bondage to anything. Now, saying all that to say, he looked at me and he said something about that. And I said, brother, I said, can I ask you a question? He goes, yeah. I said, didn't you just say you want your kids to live right? He goes, oh yeah, I do. I said, then can you explain to me how sleeping and fornicating in front of your kids in the same house is giving them a godly example? Well, it got real quiet. And I said to myself right then, he ain't gonna be a member of my church anymore. And that's, that's the hard line you walk sometimes. And he looked at me, he goes, I hadn't even thought of that. He didn't see it. I had a couple one time years ago, they met me, they wanted me to do their marriage. And I knew they were living together. 
and they were sitting there, and they weren't even really close on the couch. Now, that's a sign. If somebody's about to get married and they're not close on the couch, that's not a good sign, can I have an amen? If he's on this side and she's on that side, that, that's not a good sign. So they aren't really far, they aren't really close, but they're talking, but they were having, and she said they want to get married. I said, okay, and uh, we got talking about it, and I said, well, I said, I'll do it on one condition. They said, what? I said, you sleep on the couch and you sleep in the bedroom because they'd already told me that you couldn't afford to live apart. I said, okay. I said, but I know y'all are sleeping together. Well, I didn't think you'd talk to about us about stuff like that. I said, well, honey, I said, I'm a pastor. That's the stuff we talk about. I said, not trying to be critical. I said, but there's a right way and a wrong way. And I said, either you do it right or it's gonna be messed up. I'm trying to get them to have a vision for something in their life. It's amazing when you have that vision and you see it, you don't perish. You can see it. Everybody say see. see. Who's ever heard the phrase seeing is believing? Yeah. And what you see is what you get. From Geraldine on the Flip Wilson show. Woo, can I have an amen? I always love that show. But she'd always say what you see, woo, is what you get. But that's true. What you see by the eye of faith in your life is what you get. And if you have no vision, you ain't ever gonna get it. Now, one of the things, another verse says in Habakkuk chapter two, says that the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. I wanna read this out of the message translation. This is so good. Acts chapter, I'm sorry, Habakkuk chapter two, verse two says, and then God answered, write this, write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming, it can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way, it will come right on time. And then verse four says, look at that man bloated by self-importance, full of himself, but, empty, but soul empty. But the person in right standing before God, through loyal and steady believing is fully alive and really alive. And that actually in the King James says, but the just shall live by faith. Right. Now you need to write down some of the things you're believing for, for 2024. Um, I, um, I said this, and, I, and I've been meditating on this for a couple of weeks, that's why I came out in a small group the other in my 20s, I heard a guy say, a professional guy, a professional speaker guy, not a minister, he said, you ought to write down the top 100 things you want to do in life. I thought, that's a good exercise. So I got me a legal pad and I wrote it out, single space, took me about two or three pages. And I finally got tired of trying to come up with stuff. I just started making up stuff. One of them was, I want to go on a submarine. I didn't say in water. But I have been on the USS Batfish out near Tulsa, Oklahoma, which actually served in World War II. And when I was on it, I was probably in my late 20s, early 30s, but I was like four years old again. Can I have an amen? I am playing with the periscope and I'm dive, dive. I'm, I'm, I'm living every submarine warfare movie I've ever watched. I mean, I just, but I had written that on that list. One of the things I wrote on that list was jump out of a plane, go skydiving. That just happened one night. One thing I wrote on there was to uh, write a book. I've done that, done that in several times. I, I have been shocked in my life. I wrote that in my early 20s. We were married, living at, uh, 
oh gosh, what was the name of that? Todd Street, right after we got married, 13 Todd Street. And a $250 a month rent. My God, it took every bit of faith I had to build for $250 a month. Man, it's a long time. Old Mill Village house had like 13 foot ceilings, no insulation, no good windows. It was rough. We're living in that house and I'm watching this guy. He all write down the things you want to believe for. Write down your vision. And that's what he was talking about. So I just wrote it out. I mean, it was like 18, 19 years later, I found that list. I hadn't even looked at that list again. It's not like I pulled it out, which I should have been. It would have reminded me. I am shocked. So I went through that day that I found it and I checked off all the stuff I had done. I had done probably a good two thirds of them. But if you don't write it, it ain't real. Is that true? That's real true in contractual law. I don't care what I say to you or what you say to me. Now, if we're godly and we walk in integrity, what I say to you and what you say to me is a good agreement and we'll live to it. It's been funny to me, there's actually billionaires and millionaires that have lived on this earth in our system, in our society that have had contracts that was huge amounts of money all because of a handshake. Because those people were godly. But I also know of other people that were godly and every time they did it, they wrote up a paper contract. You know why? Because sometimes we forget. And you want to make something really real? Put it in writing. Sign your name to it. Make it effective. Can I have an amen? amen. That's what we do when we get married. That's what, when me and Lisa went to the county courthouse, Gaston County. <laughs> I shouldn't even make this joke nowadays. We walked up there and we do all the paperwork. Back then you had to get a blood test. Had to get a physical. So she's getting checked out and I'm getting checked out and we go up there and we fill out our stuff. They gave me the paperwork. I looked at her, I said, you know what this means? I own you. You own me. Can I have an amen? It's in paper. Now at that moment, we could have backed out. But I wasn't that stupid. And she wasn't that wise. Can I have an amen, okay? <laughs> so, so, so it stuck, amen, amen. So, so I'm gonna challenge you. So what I did was, now give me a couple ushers. Eli, if you can come up here, give me somebody else. And I'm doing this, ooh, don't fall. Just pass one out to everybody who wants one. If you don't want one, you don't have to get one. And uh, I just, I'm just doing this as, a, as an idea, as a, as a, as a thought-provoking idea. I hope what you do with this goes way beyond this, way beyond this size. This is nothing but I called it my personal vision planner 2024. And I wanna challenge you on these areas and I put in here spiritual, family, financial, career, health, personal. And I even put one for dreams. I think sometimes you just, just need a dream. Just, just let your mind and your heart race and dream. That's like, like for me as a church, here's my dreams, here's my church, here, here, here's, where here's where my vision. I want everybody to be an activated member. I want everybody to feel like they're a leader. I want everybody to be engaged and, and not, not just somebody who just whatever, but everybody realize that what you do in here is important and that way, the way you act to other people is important and that it is your desire to minister to people you don't know. 
and to love on people you don't know and to get out of your comfort zone and try to make a difference in their life. Can I have an amen? I have that dream. I have a dream of somebody walking in that nobody knows and they get smothered to death with love. Can I have an amen? All the death in them just dies out because they've just been loved. Everybody's just loving them. They're, they're, they're never ignored. Can I have an amen? amen? I have a dream of that. So what do I do? I try to see that. You're probably gonna hear me talk more about that, some stuff like that, because I have realized sometimes I don't talk enough about that. But that's what we need to be. The moment you see somebody you don't know, your reaction shouldn't be, I don't know them, let me find somebody else. Your reaction should be, how can I bless their life? Amen. Now, I've said this for years. I've, I have fought depression in my life. My heart goes out to anybody who fights depression. Did we have enough? Yeah. Okay, okay. Huh, exactly? exactly. <laughs> uh, but I have fought depression. But you know how I used to get out of it in the 90s? I didn't even know what I was doing, but I know how to do it now. I'd start getting depressed about money, about life, about you know, the, all this stuff going on, not having enough. I'd go to the post office and tell post office jokes and joke with the postal employees. I, found, I still remember in the 90s, I went in there and there was a bunch of postal shootings. I come in here, there and I looked at them, I said, I have never felt safer than anywhere in my life. They said, why? I said, y'all move so slow, I can outrun y'all any day of the week. I said, I ain't worried about y'all beating me up or shooting me. Only reason a postal employee can shoot another postal employee because now that y'all move fast. She's like, Chris, that's horrible. I said, truth's truth. I got the whole place laughing. I, I would look for jokes. Somebody asked me one time, this is when I started doing banquets. They said, where do you work on material? I said, the post office. But I found out that when I went in there with the desire to bless them, I came out, oh my gosh. I came out happy. Amen. It blessed me. Yeah. So there's a part of me to this day. If I'm going through something, I'm going to try to find somebody to bless. You know why? It makes me happy. Yeah. And it gets me unfocused on me. What am I doing? I am changing my vision from here to there. So I want to challenge you to do something. Write down, stop, pray about it first. Now the first page on this is vision scriptures for 2024. So you ought to have some scripture for your visions. Not just, now again, it could be believing for a Cadillac. A 2010 to 14 red, black interior, because I love my wife. Can I have an amen? There's one like that that she likes. It could be that. But if that's the case, then you know, whatever. And don't let anybody judge you for it. Amen. Now here's something else. If it's your vision, it's your vision. Yeah. And if it's their vision, it ain't your vision, so don't criticize their vision. Amen. Just have fun. <laughs> well, Pastor Chris, I just, you know, what do you think about Joel Osteen? That ain't my vision. That is not even in my payroll to judge somebody else. My job is me. And I have found out I am so messed up, it takes all my effort and attention to work on me. Can I have an amen? And I'm gonna throw this out. You're so messed up, it all, it's all your attention to work on you. So don't judge somebody else's vision. Well, you know, they said they're believing for healing, but man, they, they drink and smoke. I just don't know. So um, all the stuff we eat doesn't affect us. It's funny how we can be critical of somebody who smokes and drinks, but we can eat 14 Krispy Kreme donuts. 
Amen? So you see, you got to watch that heart. That's not your job. I'll throw this out. Sometimes I really believe our healing doesn't come because we are judgmental and not walking in forgiveness. Because that's what Mark eleven twenty four 24 says. We love to do verse 23 about therefore what things whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. But the very next verse says, and when you stand praying, forgive. Amen. So you need to write it down. You need to have some scripture, but you need to be able to see it. Now this isn't near big enough, but I've met people who've done this and I actually learned this and watched this in a sense from my sister. Years ago, this is 34 or five years ago, my brother-in-law worked for U.S. Airways in the marketing department. Who in here remembers U.S. Air? Well, it got, no, 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 no. He worked for Delta. Yes. And Delta got bought out by U.S. Air. So they fired him. They let him go. So then he struggled a little bit. Well, then he got hired by Braniff Airlines. Who remembers that name? Sure. Borrowed a bunch of money, moved to Atlanta, Georgia. 10 weeks into it, they filed bankruptcy, laid him off, never paid him a dime for all the money he had gone out on a limb to set up the office, which was supposed to be reimbursed. I mean, man, he was struggling. Now, my brother-in-law's a good golfer. Love this. One way he made money on the side was betting, playing golf, hustling. And some weekends, he'd make four and $500. He was a good golfer. Hence the reason I've never played with him. Can we have an amen? Okay. And I have hit golf balls with him, but I'm not playing golf with him. So he began to want a job with American Airlines. Now, my sister understood the laws of prayer and faith. So they're believing for a job with American Airlines. Now, what's amazing is that job is what opened the door for him to do what he wanted to do all his life, and he works in the golf industry. He's a golf agent. Had it not been for this job, he'd have never got that job because he goes to work anyway. So, so my, they're, they're, you know, my sister's praying about it. I don't even know what my brother-in-law's praying. I think he's just leaving it up to her. So what my sister did to keep her focused on vision, she went out and bought from the American Airlines store blow-up planes that you blow up for kids that says American Airlines and hung them through the house so that when she saw them, she'd be reminded to thank God for the job. Then when he got hired, guess where they were sent? To the satanic town, I'm just joking, of San Francisco. And the reason my brother-in-law thought it was satanic was you could not buy grits in any store to cook for yourself or there was no Waffle House. Can I have an amen? Now, my brother-in-law loves grits. My brother-in-law will eat cold grits stuck in the pan, the pot, that have left the side of the pot. That is disgusting. Can I have an amen? He loves grits. His mama used to ship him cartons of grits. They hated San Francisco. They got a cheap rent. This is back in the, oh man, early 90s. Cheap rent, about $2,000 a month because the apartment was on a fault line and they had to sign a waiver, they would hold no one responsible if they died in the, in the, in the earthquake. It's horrible, but they got the job. And they were believing that it would open up for greater things, and it did. And then they moved him to Richmond, and then he just so happened to, happened, so happened to meet people at a golf course who introduced him to somebody who had won the US Amateur, and then he got a job doing what he does, and he's done quite well. 
But my sister put those things up so she'd receive, see them. I was on staff with a guy years ago and he was a worship leader and, and a um, um, bass player. His name was Mickey. Mickey was a big chunky guy, really overweight. And I noticed all of a sudden, I noticed Mickey started losing weight. And one night he comes to church and I mean, he had, you know, but I mean, who in here knows sometimes when you lose weight and you wear big clothes, you can't tell. And thank God for loose fitting clothes. Can I have an amen? The kind of clothes that hide a multitude of fat. You know, love covers a multitude of sin. Clothes can cover a multitude of fat. And um, why don't you tuck your shirt in, Pastor Chris? That's none of your business. Can I have an amen? Okay. Just throw that out there. Um, Mickey, one day comes to church. Man, he's beaming. He is beaming. Somebody made a comment and said, Mickey, what's up? And he was a good singer. Man, he could remember the guy Carmen. Man, he could nail a Carmen song. Great singer, great bass player. Mickey, what's up? And he says, I've had these pants on my door, hanging on the door of my house. He said, for about a year. He said, I've been looking at them for a year. What you see is what you get. Because 2 Corinthians 4, 17 says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. Now see, we have the choice of whether or not we look at seen things or unseen things. You should always be looking at the unseen things from the word of God, so much that there is more real to you than the seen things of the natural world. Don't throw this out. Don't mean to be mean to anybody. I really don't. But I had pastors that I knew in 19, um, 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, 2020, that had told me for years, ain't nothing ever getting me off the healing power of God. Ain't nothing getting me. I'll preach the gospel till the day I die. But buddy, you let a lockdown come and the potential of COVID, buddy, they weren't preaching nothing. Evidently, what they saw, natural, was more real than the unseen supernatural. Uh, somebody asked me one time, we was praying about talking about COVID. And so they said, aren't you afraid to have service and pray for people? I said, my gosh, man. I said, I had a guy walk up to me one time. And I, I, it never bothered me in the minute. And I, <coughs> he gets close. I said, what can we pray for? He's close. He goes, I got tuberculosis. Well, that's nothing you need to be close to. Can I have an Amen. I mean, that's nothing, you know, because when you're up praying and the music's loud, stuff, it's not like you're going back sign language. No, they lean in real close and go, I have tuberculosis. Never bothered. I didn't think nothing about it so after it was over. Man, we prayed, believed God, and thank God he's living, doing well, and can I have an amen? But he's doing good. And I, I was like, it didn't hit me till later. I thought, man, that's one of the most communicable diseases out there. Well, I ain't gonna worry about that. Don't you think God's got enough power to keep me protected if I'm doing what he said do about praying for somebody sick? But see, that only happens if you keep looking at the unseen things. Well, I just don't know. But I'm gonna challenge you in this next week, write down, meditate what you're believing for in 2024. Now, I'm gonna encourage you to do one more. Get something a little bit bigger or either, I guess you could make it small, but you can't put too many pictures in there. Make a picture in it. I mean, you know, whatever. Get something, print it, put it on there. If you need to, do it on your phone. I mean, there's so many ways you can do this. But keep it so that you can see it. 
You know, I, I remember my dad, they diagnosed him with um, cancer and he was about to get his, during the treatment of it and stuff. I still remember, I, I think about this many times and I, and I cried, when I sat down in his truck and cried when I saw it. But I knew what he was doing. But it just hurt me that he was having to go through it. But I sat down in his truck and on the center of his trunk, truck, he had printed out scriptures on healing. Just straight out of the Bible. If I remember right, it was 1 Peter 2.24. By his stripes ye are, you were healed. Isaiah says by his stripes ye are healed. Peter says it in the past tense since because Jesus had died and paid the price. By his stripes ye were healed. And here's the thing, if you were healed, you are healed. But he had it there and he had it highlighted in yellow. So what was he doing? Every time he drove, Daddy drove a lot, he saw that scripture. That scripture spoke to him. Can I have an amen? Write the vision so that you may run that reads it. Well, don't you think you can be one of the runners too? I put this in my notes. I think this is so profoundly good. Vision gives imagination permission to exist. Because see, if you don't write it as a vision, if you don't write it, if you don't make it official, it's nothing important. It's just kind of a dream. That's why I put in there, I think sometimes it's good to just dream. Just dream some things. And imagine. You know, I put on Facebook the other day, Jackson, bless his heart. He had him a little flag. He's out there in the front yards with that little flag. And I said, buddy, what you doing? It's a little plastic flag, a plastic stick. I said, what you doing, buddy? He goes, I'm planting my flag. I said, okay. He said, it's going to grow to a bigger flag. And I thought, I need to make that happen. Can I have an amen? amen? And not let him know, but grow the flag, amen? Lisa looked at me and she goes, your son does not want a 20. I was like, let's put a 20-foot pole in there one night, amen? We're gonna make that flag big. I don't care what Luke wants. I'm gonna make Jackson happy. Can I have an amen? Huh? You're, you're okay with that? Okay. And, um, but then on the other side, I don't wanna lie to him. I'm torn with that. I'm torn with that. Um, but here's what, bless me, his imagination. There's sometimes it's good to just dream. I will throw this out. I'm not gonna say it couldn't grow off the faith of a child. I know of several stories. One of them is John Hagee. Uh, I know a story about John Hagee. He said his kids looked at him one time and said, his daughter said, I want a dog. He said, we ain't getting no dog. And she kept pastoring, and he finally said, fine, if you pray and God gives you one, we can have it. Oops, can I have an amen? Somebody called John, said, the Lord's been dealing with me about giving your daughter this dog. Is that okay? What's he gonna say now? You know what he said? We got a dog. I know of one minister, his daughter looked at him and said, we want a boat. He said, excuse me? She goes, we want a boat. Go buy us a boat. He says, no. So she wrote down and her brother prayed and it says, God, give us the perfect boat for our family. So this guy calls him like about two weeks later or something and said, I have got, you know, God's laid on my heart to give you a fishing boat. He said, we'll pray. He said, you know, he said, I got to tell you, this is amazing. He said, my daughter's been praying about that. Well, then about another week later, a few days later, a guy calls and he says, I've got this like pleasure craft I need to give you. The Lord told me to give it to you. He said, why do you need me? He goes, I've already got a boat. Just somebody just gave me a boat. 
He finally talked to the little girl. He said, why did you pray for? She said, well, I just, I just want a perfect boat. A perfect boat's one that you can fish in and the other one is one we can go have fun in. One that we can fish and have fun in. Well, you can't really fish out of a fun boat. Can I have an amen? You need a good, manly, godly fishing boat. So they got two boats. Now somebody says, well, again, Sarah Beth and Molly, for two years, asked me and Lisa for a baby brother. So they, well, let me say this, they started in on it. We want a baby brother. Saw some movie. I said, so Lisa looked at him one time. We were living at my dad's house. My dad had had a, a stroke and we moved in. It worked out for us, helped him. And then he actually fully healed and recovered. So we lived there and he was out of town quite a bit and it kind of helped him out, helped us out. So we're living there, but we only had this large rooms, but we only had these two rooms upstairs. So we've outgrown it. She told him, she says, well, we can have a baby brother when we get a big house. Well, then they hit me up. Daddy, we need a big, we need a, we're believing for a big, big house. I said, well, we need lots and lots of money. <laughs> and so every night, two years, Father God, this is the way they prayed every night. You know, we just ask you to bless Grandma, uh, Papa, Papa, Papa Roy, Grandma Joan, Brittany, Chad, and Kayla. Now, they had more cousins than Brittany, Chad, and Kayla, but for some reason, they prayed for them every night. The other ones evidently had grace in their life, but Brittany, Chad, and Kayla needed Jesus. Amen. So, at Brittany, Chad, and Kayla, blah, 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 bless this, bless that. And Father God, we thank you that we have a big, big house, lots and lots of money, a baby brother, and a dog. I didn't like the last one at all. Can I have an amen? I'm not a dog guy. They did it for two years. And they'd tell people sometimes, we're gonna have a baby brother. People go, are y'all expecting? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hush, can I have an amen? Because the only thing I could see is dollar signs. Right. Having to pay for another baby? Right. Two years, two years. They, knew, they wouldn't let up on it every night. Father God, we ask you to bless Papa, Papa Roy, Grandma John, Brittany, Chad, and Kayla. Blah, 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 blah. And Father, we thank you that we have a big, big house. Lots and lots of money. A baby brother and a dog. About two years later, here's the other thing that's amazing. A doctor told Lisa one time, the likelihood of us ever having a boy. Her mom had three daughters. Her sister had three daughters. Her other sister had three daughters. We had two daughters. He said, genetically, the likelihood of y'all having a boy is very slim. And I wanted me a boy. Can I have an amen? I wanted one of each. Talk about desire of your heart. I had always said, I want one of each. I just want one of each. I want to know what it's like to love and have a daughter. I want to know what it's like to have a son. Can I have an amen? Plus, on Lisa's side of the family, I only had the only grandson, and that's bragging rights. Can I have an amen? That's kind of fun. Now, what's funny is now they're, they're not having any girls. All of them have boys. It's so funny, okay. So, I mean, like within about a two-month span, my money went up. I, didn't do, I had not done anything different. And all of a sudden, my income increased. I was, I was an evangelist. And then I made a call. We were looking for, to move out. 
But I'm telling you right now, took all the faith I had to think about that. But I knew I had to take some steps. So I found me some scripture, talking about scriptures, where it talked about the house of the righteous. Well, if I'm righteous and it talks about my house, I gotta have a house. So I began to look for a house. So I found this house in Lowell, 401 West 1st Street, Lowell, North Carolina. It was actually an old mill house that the foreman or the supervisor lived in. And the mill was like right across the street. Beautiful old house, great staircase, 12 foot ceilings, two fire, three fireplaces in the house. I mean, it was just, oh, I love that house. That's still my most favorite house I've ever lived in. And I found this house and I called about it. And I talked to this guy named Randy. And we're talking about the house and it had been in a fire. He had bought it. He had fixed it up and restored the house and stuff, you know, so, but it had sat empty for a while. And so it's all ready to go. And we're talking. And here's the part that's funny, talking about the, the power of God, the goodness of God and God bringing you to something. <laughs> his son answered the phone and gave it to his dad. And the first things out of his mouth was, he said, he goes, what can I help you? He goes, my son ain't ever to answer this phone nor give it to anybody. I said, well, sir, I said, I'm glad he did. I said, I just wanted to call about this house. And we began to talk a little bit. And he finally, he, right off the bat, he goes, well, I've already promised it to somebody. I said, well, okay. You know, I said, I just wanted to call and, you know, if I could schedule time to look at it and what I need to do. After we talked about 10 minutes, he said, you know, I know I don't know you, but I like you. He says, I'm just gonna tell the other guy I've already rented it to you if you wanna look at it. I said, okay, and we went and moved in it. Lived in that until we moved to Georgia. Because two little girls had a vision, and I gotta be honest, more fate than I did. Because who in here knows as a kid, you believe the flag can grow. <laughs> Amen. But here's the other side, as an adult, you need to have the faith of a child and believe that God's big enough to do anything. Can I have an amen? amen. So here's my, my challenge to you this week. Take that, again, it's just to help. Um, my, my, my prayer and hope is, is that you would fill it out. Maybe get you some other paper. Again, this is just to help. If you need to, do this. It doesn't have to be big. It can be just written out. It can be pictures. Um, it, it, can, it can be whatever you want. But write it down because vision gives your imagination permission. Amen. And sometimes you just need permission. Me and Karen have talked about that counseling. It's amazing to me the people that'll come to me or whatever and they just want permission to do something. Like, I'm the authority of God. Go and do that. That's right. And they're like, okay, praise God. You mean this is okay? Yes, okay, you can do this. Believe this next year that all things are possible. And if somebody's ever told you in your life where well, you'll never do it or you can't do it, don't believe them. Or if somebody's ever told you this, you're too old. You know the only people too old to do something? The people who believe they're too old to do something. Now again, I'm not talking running a four minute mile at 75. But I am talking about having a life that's positive that's a blessing other people. I've, I've, in fact, I love reading about people who are, I really love it as I get older, but I've always loved reading about people who are 65, 68, 70, 55, start a new business, do something new, get remarried. I got a friend who got remarried and he looked at me, he says, and they had twins. He goes, 
when they're 18, I'll be like 72. I said, you should have done this math nine months ago. I said, but here's the thing, you'll have a different perspective about being a parent. You're also gonna be tireder and they're gonna wear you out. And I'm gonna enjoy watching this every day of my life. Can I have an amen? But why can't you be a productive parent? A good parent, you can. Well, I just just ain't got much time. Make the most of the time you got. Amen? Amen? Have some vision. You know why? Because when you write it, it's got permission to exist. But you need to pray about it. But when you pray about it, write it. I promise you, if you'll write it and keep it before you, it'll change your life. Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now that you have a plan for our life, a great plan, a big plan, a good plan. Plans to bless us, plans to promote us, plans to enlarge us, plans to increase us. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you. So Father, I ask you right now in this next week, give us wisdom and understanding. Speak to our spirit. Speak to us in our inner man so that we may write exactly what you would have us do. The direction you want us to go. And Father, help us not be so super spiritual that we don't put on just the the good fun things. If it's go to Disney this year, if it's to build a barn, if it's to buy a drag racing car, if it's to buy a plane or get their pilots, whatever it may be, Father, let them just dream. And thank you, Father, that you said that as we delight in you, you give us the desires of our heart. So, Father, we delight in you right now. Our delight is in you. Say that with me. My delight is in the Lord Jesus Christ. I will say of him, he is my fortress, my king, and my God. In Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you right now. We thank you, Father, that you lead us and you guide us, direct us for your pleasure, and you help us focus our lives not on ourselves, but on other people. Help our vision be other people-oriented, OPM, O other people-minded, blessing other people with the love of Jesus and with the power of prayer, giving them hope that their life can be different. In Jesus' name. Father, for anybody who's believing for something in 2024 that they have fought for years, Father, I thank you that this is a new day. Yea, though I fall seven times, I will arise. And that you're the God of the second, third, the 57th chance, whatever it may be. You're an ever-present help in a time of need. In Jesus' name. With nobody looking around, if you'd say, Pastor Chris, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to rededicate my life. Or I've, I've served the Lord, but I'm not, I'm not where I'm at. Or I'm not exactly where I should be now. If you'd say that's you right now, hold your hand up. Anybody at all? If you're online and you'd say, Pastor Chris, that's me. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Please email us at prayer at gracesummitchurch.org so we can agree with you, pray with you, send you some stuff so that you can start off right. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. All right, everybody look up at me. Now you got homework this week, okay? And I challenge you, write that down. 
if it's healing and it's something small, don't let it be too small. It ain't ever too small. Amen? Who in here knows something small to you is big to God? If you love them, I'll throw this out to parents. You know why some parents don't have a good relationship with their kids? Because when their kids were little and something was big to the kid, it wasn't big to the parent. And they dismissed it and a kid never forgets that. But whenever a parent makes something big to them because it's big to the kid, kid will never forget that. Talk to that kid, man, that kid will remember that for the rest of their life. Well, God does you the same way. He's an ever-present help in every time of need. So if it's something small, heard a testimony of a woman one time went up for Oral Roberts and God healed her of deafness. She came back up the next night and she was kind of struggling with the cane. He said, sister, what are you up here for? We prayed last night and God healed you because it was dramatic. She said, well, I'd like for God to heal my, the arthritis in my legs. He goes, why didn't we pray for that last night? She said, well, I didn't want to ask for too much. Well, who in here knows he could have done both at the same time? He said, well, we'll take care of it, prayed for, and she got healed for that. It wasn't God limiting her. She had not because she asked not. Amen. So look at somebody and say, I believe God loves me and it's going to help my dreams come true because I am focused on him. And everybody say amen. Amen. Karen King, I want you to come up here and dismiss us in prayer. And I, uh, we got a couple of announcements. They'll run on here as you talk. Give Miss Karen a good hand clap. I love you. Pastor Craig. You always bless me. Amen. You always do. Well, another good word from an anointed pastor. I just want to share something real quick. Um, I have been so thoroughly blessed being a part of this church family and congregation. Um, we have pastors that love like no pastors I've ever met before. Um, and I started coming to this church um, when my youngest was about six months old. So every time I look at her, it's a reminder that God placed me where he knew I would be fed the most, would grow the most, and would be able to help feed others. So I thank y'all for everything. Um, and now I do the announcements. <laughs> so every second Saturday, which is the Saturday coming up, um, the 13th, got it right this time, um, at 5 p.m., a wonderful time to be had by all. Whatever you have going on, bring it, lay it on the altar, allow God to bless you, feed you so that you can go back out and feed the lost. And then there is fellowship afterwards. <laughs> And women encouraging women, we had this on yesterday and it was phenomenal. If you are a woman and you have not participated, I am sending you a personal invitation. If you are in person today, please come out. If you are online, I am sending a personal invitation to you to come and fellowship with us. It is a wonderful time that we have in the Lord to just support each other, love on each other and cover each other. And it's from 1030 till 1130. And every Wednesday, Pastor Chris has his online exclusive Bible study that's on several platforms. So if for whatever reason you miss Sunday, remember Wednesday, 730 p.m. 
And then small groups, every Sunday morning, starting at 9.45 a.m., it goes to 10.30. And then you'll just transition right over to Sunday service. So come on out. And that's all. So what I'm going to do at this point is cover us in prayer as we walk out this door into this new year with our renewed minds, with our whole hearts, and with our able bodies to do the things that God has equipped and called us to do. So bow your head and close your eyes, please. Father God, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. We adore you. Lord, there is no way we can generate enough praise to meet the level of who you are and what you've done in our lives. And Lord God, we thank you right now for awesome leadership, awesome fellowship. Lord, we thank you for the changes that are coming about for Grace Summit Church. Lord God, we thank you for the growth. We thank you for the new members who are in route here. Lord, we thank you for the services that we're gonna be able to provide in your name to heal your land for your people. And Lord, we just glorify you for uniting us and for letting us be this eclectic church that is going to impact the masses. And Father God, we just glorify you, we love you. I pray a special covering over every family that is represented here today. And I pray that the anointed words that we hear and hear every time we meet in this sanctuary will go forth out of our mouths to heal the lost, the wounded, the sick, the forgotten, the lame, and to let people know that they are not forgotten and that your love transcends time, space, and any situation. So Father God, we glorify you, we love you, we bless you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.